Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 125 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson. I've got Kurt Mortensen here with me, and we decided to shake things up a little bit today, which we're going to get to in just a moment. How was the weekend, Kurt? Your Broncos, huh? Okay. Yeah, what do you know? I didn't have a lot of hope. Wasn't a very exciting game. I was just more into it for uh, Peyton. He seems like a good guy. You know, final win, probably his final season. I think that was fun to watch more than anything else. Yeah, he needs to go out on a high note. Hang him up. Yeah, it's done. He's had a weird, strange season. Came back there at the end. The Cinderella story. Won a game he wasn't supposed to. Again, was not exciting. It's a defensive game. They're never that exciting. But fun to watch. Commercials. We got to talk about the commercials, obviously. Everyone's talking about those. They were fun to watch. And even better, since we have to talk about food, I had my fill of fatty foods. You did. Okay, top fatty food that you had over the weekend. What was it? Oh, top 20 <laughs> gotta be one you gotta pick i one. mean you've got what's fattier nachos or wings i don't know pizza mm. pizza nachos or wings you pick once one of those I'm well not... you actually owe me wings so i'm gonna oh. go with wings all right well then we'll do wings and of course wings of themselves you have to make them just a little worse and dip them in blue cheese or ranch right that's right that's right <laughs> so it's good a lot of good food a lot of fun good weekend it was nice just to relax and watch a game it's rare that I'll watch a football game all the way through with the commercials because that just it takes too long for my brain. I'm Mr. TiVo zapping out commercials. I can watch a football game in an hour and a half. I did watch the whole thing beginning to end with that long halftime, and I was just amazed. Man, this takes a lot of time, but it was fun. Be with family, friends, and fatty foods. Good. Yep. Yep. The three Fs right there. <laughs> <laughs> Those are technically four Fs, but we could classify them as three. Well, okay. And well, nachos. Oh, man, nachos. How good are nachos, right? Oh, yeah. It's the problem with the nachos. It has a shelf life of about three minutes. If you don't get to them right away, they turn soggy. So. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> you got to time your nachos just right. Just right. or They're just not going to be a good fit for you. I wonder if this is the podcast that has talked about nachos the most. Maybe. We'll offend all our nacho fans, or our anti-nacho fans, I guess it would be. They say in podcasting and marketing that it's just really good to get a niche. I bet you could do a podcast about nachos. You might have 10 listeners, but would they be <laughs> devoted? They would be dedicated, devoted, and then probably give you a lot of feedback and insight on the way to make the world's best nachos. <laughs> this sounds really weird, but I have given that a lot of thought about layering the types of cheeses <laughs> yeah pretty where's nuts. the sour cream go is it on the guac next to the guac is that in the corner <laughs> is it like a cop salad where you just have little sections <laughs> or do you just dump it all on it's hard these are questions that a nacho podcast needs to answer somebody <laughs> needs to step up and do a nacho podcast oh, but you know there might be one out there <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised i will guarantee you one thing there is definitely at least one podcast out there that is weirder than a nacho podcast. That'll give you. There's probably a hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, really? You've got 10,000 listeners? Okay. <laughs> I know. I Good know. for you. Who knew? For, yeah, there's definitely weirder. Listeners, if you can find a podcast 
that is what you consider to be more weird than a nacho podcast. And it can't include ours because ours is technically also a nacho podcast. If it wasn't, <laughs> it is now <laughs> due to our conversation today. But we'd like to hear about that. Email it to maximizeyourinfluence at gmail.com. That might be kind of fun. Top 10 weirdest podcasts. We've got to be able to Google that. So let's, uh, yeah, look into that. And listeners, let us know. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it says the Super Bowl has happened, which is always great fodder for the show, as well as the presidential elections coming up, mm -hmm. all the primaries and stuff, which we, we beat on last week. So we're going to keep it a little more lighthearted this week because we made everybody mad last week due to our show about politics. You know what? In politics, you have persuasion. That's the very essence of it. In fact, we've talked a lot on this show, and this is well known, that the human brain just cannot simply take into consideration all of the, the logic, all of the arguments, all the different points on anything, so it has to use shortcuts. And actually, me being the fancy political science major that I am, which we <laughs> made fun of on the show, that's the whole reason political parties exist, is because of the shortcuts that people have to take mentally in order to make those kinds of decisions. So that's why we wanted to get into it last week, is to, to illustrate the fact that that's happening and maybe help you defend yourself against uh, cheesy political arguments that are going to be coming from the candidates and your family and friends. We do know that after a presidential election, the first Wednesday in November, everybody is just done. <laughs> they don't want to hear about it anymore, but it's going to be a long road up until then. Long road. Long road. So Kurt has been scouring some obscure journal over the weekend. I won't even try to guess this time. But apparently he has a great article on how we can get more done. Get more done, understand our brain cycles, understand our time management. Of course, everyone's familiar with the Society of Participatory Medicine, if I could say that one right. And this is Dr. John Grohal talks about brain and brain cycles. And this is important as far as time management, mind management, life management, because I think we've all had days where we've been busy but have accomplished nothing, or we have challenges focusing on things, or we wait until the deadline to do things. And he talks about brain and brain cycles. And he says you don't have unlimited brain cycles or what he calls brain energy. He says, in fact, every day you start with pretty much the same brain capacity as you had yesterday. I mean, you lose a little bit with aging. He talks about that. Now, if you didn't get a good night's sleep, yeah, going down 10, 20%. You didn't start the day with exercise, another 10%. I mean, he keeps talking about ways that we lose this brain energy. Because we've all had days where mentally we were just not clicking. We weren't firing yeah. on all cylinders. And there's days where, man, we're in it, we're doing it, we're making things happen. So... The big ones there, sleep, that could be up to 20% and exercise. So if you don't get enough sleep and don't exercise, you're down 30%. And even Red Bull can't fix that. <laughs> or or so, Mountain Dew, which we'll talk or, about in a minute. Or even Mountain Dew. So it's important to understand, A, we need sleep. We need exercise. We need to be aware of what's diminishing our brain capacity, our brain cycles. He didn't talk about what I want to bring to the table as far as understanding this is that most of us have a four-hour block of the day where mentally or cognitively, we're on it, we're sharp, we're making things happen. And that's the time of day where you're doing the most important things. It's interesting when seminars where people raise their hand, is it the morning, is it the afternoon, is it the evening, is it the middle of the night? It's pretty well divided all the way across. Now, most people are in the morning time. And if you're a morning time person or whatever your four hours is, that's the time to do the hard stuff, to dig in. It's not the time to 
answer emails or decide we're going to eat for lunch or go through Facebook or whatever it is you're doing that's that doesn't take a lot of mental energy, that's the time to really dig deep and decide, okay, that four hours, that three hours, whatever it is for you, I'm in, I'm making it happen, I'm getting it done. So the two lessons today is figure out what are those two, three, four hours a day where you can get 80% of it done. And don't dink around with the stuff that takes a little mental energy. And number two, realize that your lack of sleep, your lack of exercise can really hurt your brain cycles, your brain energy, what you're feeding yourself could hurt your brain energy. And you bring those two together, you can accomplish more, you have more energy. And when you have more energy and you're feeling better, you obviously become more influential. That's a good article. Good points on time management, getting more done. And that's always a struggle for salespeople, business owners. There's so many more distractions now. I I was talking to my wife the other day about what on earth we did before cell phones and how Mm -hmm. you just go out at night. You come back and check your messages, right? <laughs> and that was it. But now your phone's buzzing in your pocket the whole night. Everybody can find you all the time, which is good in many cases. But these technological advances usually only make you more of what you already are when it comes to time management. So if you were bad at it, some kind of new technology isn't going to make you any better. It's probably going to make you worse. Because you're not good at managing your time. It's not technology that's your issue. I've always asked myself, been doing this for a few years now, it's helped. You've got that day you're starting, you've got these tasks that you need to accomplish. You get to the next task, and I've started asking myself, what's going to happen to me if I don't do this right now? And usually the answer after I think is nothing. (laughs) nothing crosses off the list that's not that important yeah then i go okay what's going to happen to other people that are important to me if i don't do this and usually it's nothing (laughs) and occasionally i get to something that's well if i don't do this now then well your sales volume is going to be low for the month and okay then this thing needs to get done right now so funny enough a lot of people don't think that they need to spend time on and those are usually the ones that need to spend time on it yeah, and we got to be careful here because especially when you talk about salespeople, they're really only working one to two hours a day. I mean, getting belly to belly, talking to people, doing what's important. So I'm going to add a question to the, what you said with, with your questions is, is this an income-producing activity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that can really clarify things for you. Is this an income-producing activity? If it's not going to matter to you or to another person, it's not an income-producing activity, you might as well cross it off the list. Yeah, yeah. I have to get a bunch of paperwork to my accountant. My partner and I have to file some tax returns for a few of our entities. And I hate this, like Mm. white hot hatred. I've got to go through a bunch of details, add things up, give it to the accountant. And it's going to suck up about four or five hours of me having to go through this. And it really just keeps flunking the test, Kurt. Every time I think about (laughs) I got to do this, you know, I say nothing. (laughs) Now, eventually... It's going to get to the point where it rises to the top. What's going to happen if I don't do this? And it's going to be a problem. But something like this, it's not an income-producing activity. I've got to make the decision as to what's going to make me more sane, and listeners have to do this too. Do I want to nibble off 15 minutes of it every day or let it become a crisis at the last minute? And either way will work. (laughs) It's just how you want to live your your life, right? I'm predicting with something like that, it's crisis. (laughs) I, I think you're right. 
Cause... Just got to get it done. All right. I'm going to stay up all night and hammer it out and just cross it off my list because it's been eating at you for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not mm-hmm. there yet. I mean, it's, it's uh, mid-February right now. And so yeah. April's two months out. There you go. Good procrastination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> procrastination tips from the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Now you know how to make nachos and procrastinate. Yeah, You're on your way to being a winner. <laughs> Sounds pretty awesome, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, definitely a podcast niche for that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a little bit better. How to procrastinate and eat nachos. Uh, <laughs> think of the guest list we could get for that. Oh, yeah, we get a lot of guests. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for the geeky article, Kurt. And I'm gonna just—I'm gonna mention it. I didn't mention it earlier, but I let you slide on the Urkel. Oh man! All right, Urkel, go. <laughs> so I'm keeping score apparently about Urkel now. <laughs> I was just hoping you forgot. I do not forget the Urkel. <laughs> I know you're just rubbing it in. That's right. So we we had a serious show last week. We're gonna take it down a notch. If you can't tell already. And those of you who are not yet following us, remember, we are on Twitter. We've emerged from our cave, threw away our rotary phone, and got on Twitter. We're modern now, so you can follow us at InfluenceMax. That's our Twitter handle. You can go to Facebook and like us or follow our page there. Just type in Maximize Your Influence. And if you're old school and you use that Stone Age email thing, you can always find us there. MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com. So, for today, Kurt... The Super Bowl is an interesting time. I think it's a lot like Black Friday, where everybody is clamoring to get our attention. It's a very expensive stage, and advertisers apparently roll out their best stuff for that three-and-a-half-hour slot. Or do they? Or do they? (laughs) Or do they? (laughs) And so we're making a little bit of a tradition here on the show. We like to break down a little bit of what we saw, why it was good, why it was bad. This kind of just blends into one giant Blinja episode. If you're listening for the first time, you have no idea what I just said. I'm not going to explain it. Go back and listen to the podcast, and you'll figure it out. But let's talk about this, Kurt. In fact, we're going off the list put out by USA Today, according to them. Actually, it's not according to them. It's Twitter. Everybody voted, and here's what everybody's favorite ads were for the Super Bowl. You want me to take it from the top, or do you want to do that? Well, it was interesting when you look at the list. There's only three companies on the top five. Yeah, so some people really went for it. Some kudos there. They spent some money. According to Fortune magazine, I think these ads are cost about five million bucks. So wow. you've got to make sure that if you're spending five million bucks for thirty seconds, that it's pretty good. And we got to be careful too. We talk about persuasion and marketing. Do people like it? Do they remember it? Is it increasing sales? Are people talking about? It? I mean, there's a lot of factors here. If you've ever studied marketing or advertising, you've got to hit people five, six, seven times before they start realizing they want your product, they need your product, they're going to purchase your product. So the top one was uh, Hyundai, the first date. Did you watch that one? Uh, Yeah, that was the very top one with uh, Kevin Hart, the actor, right? Yeah, so they brought in some big guns, some actors, of course. His facial expressions, the first date, there's more emotions. And that's a big thing. One of the reasons it hit the top one is it was funny. There's a comedian, somebody we recognize, but it's also something as a parent you can relate to, sending a daughter out on a date <laughs> and being worried what's going to happen. And that was just funny how he sent him with the car and it had a tracking device on it and he kept following this person around. And that triggers a lot of emotions. And 
I remember a few years back, one of the top ones was the Disneyland one, which they were not around that I saw this time. And they were doing MRIs while people were watching these commercials. And they found the ones that are triggering the bigger emotional response to the ones that people remember and actually act on. I think it's always good to talk about then the target audience because two fallacies in what we're talking about here. Number one, people voted on Twitter what their favorite was. Just because they liked the ad doesn't necessarily mean that the ad was effective, unless that was your purpose, was let's make people like our ad, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know that those two necessarily equate. In fact, there was a Super Bowl, was it last year, a couple of years ago, where there were just a bunch of downer ads. Do you remember that? That were just Yeah, there depressing? were some weird GoDaddy ads. There were some strange ones. I'll even put this year in, as I was watching, you mentioned demographics. I'm thinking football fans, and granted, this is brings in more people than just football fans. I think this is the biggest TV thing that happens around the world. But I saw one for constipation. I'm like, nice. really? Super Bowl? Diarrhea. Really? Super Bowl? And one on foot fungus? I mean, okay. Yeah. Demographics? Is this a time? It's a place? Is that worth $5 million? These pharmaceutical-type ads? Maybe. You know, maybe. I don't know. But I'm thinking maybe not. Is that the time or place? Not to mention... When I'm eating my nachos, constipation, diarrhea, and foot fungus aren't the top things that I want to be talking about. Well, I think maybe the the diarrhea and the nausea and everything is going to be hitting a few hours later. So they're trying to get out in front of us. <laughs> See, they should have saved their money and run two commercials two hours after the Super Bowl. They're planting a, a subliminal seed, but I don't That's know where the foot fungus is. comes in. You know, my nachos don't don't give foot fungus. Oh, well, you never know. If you have some strange ingredients in there, they might. There's just been some rumors <laughs> going around, and I'm here to dissipate them that my nachos do not cause that. <laughs> Got to get out in front of this stuff, yeah. Well, the, so the target audience, obviously, being probably middle-aged people with older kids ready to buy a car, that's obviously who they're going after here, which, in a lot of cases, that's a demographic that has some money to spend. So, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I think it was a good ad by Hyundai. Yeah, you have the humor, you have the emotion, you have the relatability. I think it's one that also they use to build credibility. I think that's why a lot of companies choose to go to the Super Bowl and spend the $5 million and says, hey, we've done it, we spent the $5 million. Whether it worked or not, they don't care. <laughs> they just <laughs> yeah. want to say they advertised on the Super Bowl a little credibility. But for Hyundai, that one worked because they were also, what, at number five, two in the top five. That was the one with, um, what was his name? Well, come on. we got to go down the list. You can't oh, spoil it. All right. We'll go down the list. Number two, <laughs> your favorite, my favorite, Heinz Ketchup. They didn't advertise their great blunder before we'll bring up when they came out with green ketchup. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't do so well. But this one was with all those little wiener dogs dressed up as wieners <laughs> <laughs> running across the field to lick the mustard and ketchup, which is kind of strange, but it worked for people. There's Babies and dogs always work. Yeah. Right? There's something about there's emotional connection there. They were cute dogs. They were running. So they got number two. They got number two. And I think that's a branding thing. It's the pet people. Oh, look at the dogs. And then, you know, two months down the road, they're buying condiments at the grocery store. They got to have Heinz, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't remember why. It just feels good. There's that subconscious trigger. it's, It's related to, it's associated with dogs, and it's done. Yep. That's right. That's right. So number three. I like this one, the Doritos Ultrasound. Remember this one? Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. That took a lot of work, it seems like, to get that little uh, ultrasound baby to dance in the womb, I guess we'll call it. But <laughs> you didn't see it. The father was eating Doritos, and the baby was trying to reach for it. 
and the mom was getting upset and it was going back and forth. It was just a lot of fun to watch and entertaining, emotional. I mean, if you've gone through that experience as a parent, there's a lot of emotions, the ultrasounds, the baby okay, is it a boy or girl? So it's kind of pulling the emotions from that with a little humor, something you didn't expect. So they got number three with the ultrasound. Yeah. Yeah. That And the target audience being middle-aged dudes watching football, right? Mm. It's, they're, a lot of them are probably eating Doritos. They're looking for something funny. That's the kind of uh, target that you've got on this one. And it's funny, and here's the offensive part, because the guys are sitting there holding a the hand, the ultrasound, maybe not really wanting to be there. <laughs> Other <laughs> things to do, trying to be supportive when they want to go watch football, right? So there's a lot of things that they can relate to. And, of course, the wife is, come on, pay attention, this is important, and he's eating Doritos at an ultrasound. <laughs> that's right, and the women probably hate the commercial, and that's what happens when you're not the target demographic. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) which we'll talk about in a minute. So another one coming up, Doritos again, the Doritos dogs. You remember this one? Yeah, it was number four. I'm kidding. Again with dogs. I remember studying marketing, advertising. It was babies and dogs. There's a trigger. There's an emotion. Interesting, not cats. To offend our cat people, they never make the list for connection (laughs) or a bond. So we're going to offend the cat people. It's just not there. You can say whatever you want. It's the dogs that love you. There's a connection. There's something about that, and that's the one right where they dressed up, the dogs dressed up to get the Doritos because they kept getting kicked out. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was entertaining for people. It's entertaining to see the dogs trying to get the nachos. That was fun. Yeah, and the fifth one out of the top five is our second repeat. Like you said, it's Hyundai, and the formula, babies, dogs, and clearly celebrities. Mm. So they went with a celebrity angle here on this one, woman driving around in her new Hyundai, and apparently is, is obsessed with the celebrity Ryan Reynolds, so everybody that she sees, including the cop that pulls her over and gives her a ticket, <laughs> is Ryan Reynolds. I'm sure he got a good check for this one. Way to go, Ryan. And uh, the, the whole message of the car being, hey, we've got it's a smart car, distracted, you know, we're going to keep you safe, even if you're just looking around thinking everybody is Ryan Reynolds. And there's that celebrity angle again. If you like Ryan, then you like the car. Same one with the first one. They went to the social validation. If you like the celebrity, you're going to take those good feelings and put it towards the product or service. We see it time and time again. Although that's the type of thing that can backfire you really fast. We've seen that time and time again where you choose a celebrity that's really popular. Then they do something stupid. I think we talked about this a few podcasts ago. Can this be associated with your company? Yes, and we are... The best example ever being Jared Fogle of Subway. Mm, yeah, they dropped four. Yeah, it didn't work out very well. Michael Jackson had a problem. Monica Lewinsky was endorsing a product. I mean, there were some things there that should not have happened, but we've got... Monica felt- Lewinsky, though, that's got to be... Because this was after. Well, yeah, that would be major super blunder. Don't, don't, don't! It was a weight loss center, we won't name names, who said, hey, she's in the public eye, she's lost weight, let's use her as a spokesperson. I don't know. They should be shot or fired or something. I don't know <laughs> what they were thinking. You, I agree. She is in the public eye. She does look better. She has lost weight. But there's an association trigger. There's a feeling. There's something that happened previously. Why she's in the public eye. Hello. You're <laughs> yeah. fired. You're fired. It's like somebody just graduated with a degree in marketing and advertising, and they're going down a checklist. Public eye. Everybody <laughs> knows them. Oh, forgot that last box. Nobody likes them. Yeah, and so you had the opposite thing happening, and they pulled that one real fast. <laughs> oh, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah. So, so we're talking about these, and I think the demographic on this Hyundai, you look at the car, and it's kind of an entry-level 
Hyundai. It's not their top end, which you know, they're trying to compete with BMW these days. So top end is a totally different thing for them. But it appears to me, tell me if you agree, Kurt, they're targeting younger females that are maybe buying one of their first cars. Yeah, that's what it seemed like, which is different from that market because, again, it's mostly males watching, but there's a lot of females watching, especially the Super Bowl. But I agree with that when the demographic, your first car, because we saw a lot of commercials with high end, the Audi commercials, high end yeah. cars. And so we saw a lot of different things, people going after niche. But when you have, I don't know how many millions or probably a billion people around the world watching it, you probably get enough people to spend the, the $5 million that will like your product or service. Right. They got it all covered because you've got the younger female demographic that needs something to watch because they're clearly not there for the football, many of them. Maybe <laughs> I'm, right. I'm stereotyping, which I'll get the hate mail later for that. But uh, yeah, they're, they're watching with their Dorito-eating boyfriends. So the advertisers covered everything and, and <laughs> hit every single demographic. So pretty good ads, and the people like those. Playing, uh, some of these are clearly playing the long game. They're branding. They're trying to get you to think about them subconsciously next time you buy ketchup or Doritos or a car. The clear winner is CBS because I think they're estimating $2.19 billion in sales with all these commercials with pre and post and during. And so, hey, I don't know what they spent for the Super Bowl, but hopefully it's profitable for them. Yeah, I'm sure they had to write the NFL a check, and the NFL oh, yeah. is a good negotiator. They had to write a big check. So why don't you queue up the, I don't even know, I want to call it a blinja. I don't even know. The more I think about it and the more it plays <laughs> in my head and slowly drives me insane, why don't you just hit them both and let's talk about the freaking puppy baby monkey. <laughs> All right, I'll do the Blinja, which is a little bit of both. Go, Blinja! Don't, don't, don't! There it is. So, <laughs> this ad, I'm not even really sure what to say. And we're it talking was... about it on a podcast, so maybe they're just uh, sitting around the boardroom high-fiving each other, saying <laughs> victory. But can you walk yeah. us through this one, Kurt? <laughs> yeah, I'm stumped here, too. I mean, here you have... And they must have been smoking or snorting something when they did this commercial. If you saw the puppy baby monkey. So, here comes this... A third baby at the bottom, then a monkey, and then a puppy dancing around, and everyone's going puppy baby monkey. And then this foul creature starts licking this guy's face, which is even worse. And it's an ad for, I believe, the energy side of Mountain Dew, which is one of their drinks. And so my younger daughter loved it. She was rounding around the house going puppy baby monkey, which, of course, was driving me nuts. And I, I said, whoa, 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 stop. And I wanted to ask her a question. I said, okay, who was the advertiser. She said, oh, I don't know, puppy baby monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a huge lesson to everyone because a lot of the commercials that people like, they're like, now who was it again? They're like, I don't know, but it was funny. So yeah. <laughs> that could be a challenge too if they don't remember who you are. And it was foul. It was weird. It was strange. It was disturbing. It was contagious. <laughs> and people are talking about it for all those reasons. So that's why we haven't really decided, is it more of a blunder, a homer? Or is it more of a ninja to where, yep, they're talking about it. They're not sure what they're talking about or what they saw or who advertised it, but they're talking about it. I want to clarify a little bit, too. I'm going to come to Kurt's defense here. Kurt's like, what? You need to come to my defense? <laughs> you might be thinking, Kurt summarized that commercial crappily. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> he actually described it very accurately. <laughs> That's exactly what you see. And I think they kind of end up leaving this apartment all with Mountain Dews doing a Congo line, singing Puppy Baby Monkey. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's how it ends. So, yeah, well, we're going to have to Let me put a warning to the listeners. If you could go watch it on YouTube, go ahead and put in Puppy Baby Monkey, but it will be disturbing and it will be stuck in your brain, which is part of the ninja side. So <laughs> that's our disclaimer. 
watch it at your own risk. Yeah, and oh, we're going to hyperlink that. That's going on the blog. Right? <laughs> oh, there we go. Make it as easy as possible. Yeah, we had to watch it, listeners, and we're going to put you through the same, I don't know, is misery the word? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the word is there. Misery, it could be, yeah. Pick the word there, but uh, watch it at your own risk. That's what a puppy baby monkey does. It gets yeah. me to say the word crappily on the <laughs> podcast, which is probably not even a word, but it really just kills brain cells is what it does. Yeah. And well, makes you, you like, want to buy Mountain Dew, I guess. Well, well, we'll see what happens to their cells. And, of course, that demographic is going to be a younger male, not all your brain cell audience, which could be watching the Super Bowl. And if they were intoxicated at the time, it might have made that imprint. Well, they'll buy it for the rest of their life. Who it, knows? It may have. Yeah. it's. <laughs> <laughs> we thought the low common denominator was the Dorito-eating guy that got dragged to the ultrasound, but it is not. <laughs> No, no, it's yeah. puppy, baby, monkey. It's the living in your base in the parents' basement, dude, drinking Mountain Dew, <laughs> playing Call of Duty. That's what it is. <laughs> that's who it is. <laughs> so hopefully your sales go up, Mountain Dew. Again, we're not sure if that's a blunder and a ninja. Let us know, Mountain Dew representatives, what happened to your sales over the next couple months. <laughs> yeah, we'd be, we'd be happy to have you on the show. Exactly. I mean, it's free pub. It's nothing but good for you to come on and talk us through uh, what the decision-making process was there. Mountain Dew has an open invite to come on the podcast. Yeah, they're an open invite to the marketing advertising team. We want to know what happened, how late at night it was, what you were on when you came up with that idea. And we totally, yeah, we totally want you to bring the puppy baby monkey with you on the show, too. We want to hear its yeah. perspective. Yeah, please do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that <laughs> I told you what goes up must come down. We got all yeah. serious last week with politics and ended with the puppy baby monkey. So. Yeah, there you go. Shoot us now. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot us now. That'll do it, everybody. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Influence Max. Like us on Facebook, Maximize Your Influence, and send us your, your feedback about the last two shows, which were just epic. <laughs> That's right. Just fantastic. At MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com. We'll catch you next week on another episode. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>